Hi, I'm Megan Hyatt Miller, and this is Lead to Win. My dad and I are on sabbatical for the month of July. For this month, we've handpicked a few of the most popular episodes of the podcast for you to enjoy. Each week, another favorite. So sit back and enjoy this encore episode, and we'll be back with more great content in August. In the fall of 2015, Captain Scott Kelly opened the hatch of the International Space Station for his first spacewalk. It's not as simple as it appears in the movies. Spacewalking is a grueling and dangerous undertaking in which the simple act of survival is cause for celebration. Traveling at 17,500 miles per hour, 250 miles above the Earth's surface, safety is not something to be taken for granted. A thousand things could go wrong, and even the smallest mishap could prove fatal. The spacesuit is both a life preserver and a potential hazard. These high-tech garments are equipped with life support and communication systems, but they're also stiff, bulky, and hard to operate in the disorienting atmosphere of space. Microparticles and space debris pose a constant threat. Even the smallest puncture could cause sudden death. Astronauts zip around using jetpacks in the movies, but real spacewalkers are entirely dependent on their tether. If it comes unhooked, they can drift helplessly into space with no chance of rescue. In his book Endurance, Captain Kelly tells of a Russian astronaut who came untethered during a spacewalk. He only survived because he bumped into an antenna. That sent him tumbling back toward the space station where he managed to grab a handrail. Preparation for Kelly's first spacewalk began at 5.30 in the morning. He and his fellow flyer, Shell Lindgren, began breathing pure oxygen to ward off decompression sickness. Then another crew member helped them don their massive spacesuits and complete a safety checklist of hundreds of items. After leaving the cramped and tiny airlock, the two emerged into brilliant sunlight. In zero atmosphere, the heat is deadly, but the suit's cooling system worked perfectly. 45 minutes later, the sun set and the temperature dropped to minus 270 degrees Fahrenheit. Now their suit's insulation and heating system kept them from freezing. Nothing in space is easy. Kelly and Lindgren were tasked with making repairs to the exterior of the space station. But tools are tough to use at zero gravity, and the bulky suits and gloves impede every movement. Kelly said working in these conditions was like trying to pack your suitcase if it were nailed to the ceiling. After six and a half hours on the outside, Kelly and Lindgren finished the job. They were totally exhausted. But their biggest challenge lay ahead. They still had to get back inside. With aching joints and weakened muscles, they had to maneuver back to the airlock, cram themselves into the tiny space, and wrestle the hatch back into place. They made it. After more than 11 hours in their suits and nearly 7 hours outside the vehicle, the exhausted astronauts could relax in the relative safety of the space station and celebrate their accomplishment. Some events are simply too remarkable to pass without notice, and that night the entire crew of the International Space Station gathered for an informal celebration. As Kelly put it, successful spacewalks are one of the events like holidays, birthdays, crew arrivals and departures that warrant special dinners. So, what's your spacewalk? After all, you don't have to be an astronaut to understand the value of celebrating a job well done, especially one that requires major effort and risk. Many of the achievements in our lives, even those that might seem mundane to others, call for special recognition. They're perfect occasions for using what might be the most undervalued tool in a leader's toolbox, the simple act of celebrating with your team. 
Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work, succeed at life, and lead with confidence. And in this episode, we're going to explore the importance of celebrating, especially with your team. Yeah, we're going to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and most importantly, the how of celebration. And we even have a special guest today to talk about how we're doing this very soon in our own company. I can't wait, not only for the event, but also to talk with Susie. I'll preview it that much with uh, (laughs) what we're going to talk to her about. Okay, so let's talk about the why of celebration. And Megan, you know, by my own admission, I'm not very good at this. And I think that the more I understand why, the better I get at it. So I want you to articulate for our listeners why this is important. So dad, here's why I think you're maybe not that good at celebrating. All right. I'm I'm bracing myself. I know. Just buckle your (laughs) seatbelt. I think that you are such an achiever that you don't want to slow down. I mean, it's really all, it's all about like adding things to your list, being onto the next thing. You don't want to slow down. I mean, you really don't. You just want to, you know, get that juice that comes from the next project or the next idea. And so it kind of feels like um, almost a downer to have to slow down to celebrate, or at least I imagine that's sort of what you think in your mind. Yeah. And it, Actually, in a celebration, it's hard for me to be present. Yeah, because I'm yes. thinking about the next thing on my to-do list right. that I could actually be doing instead of wasting my time celebrating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True confessions. <laughs> well, I think for most leaders, we can just kind of go from one achievement to the next. We're so futuristically focused that we, you know, check off a big accomplishment. If we even actually check it off, we are so on to the next thing. Well, that may be how we're wired, but it's probably not how our teams are wired. And that can become exhausting after a while. You know, it can take a uh, or give a big hit to morale where your team feels unappreciated, unnoticed, kind of invisible, almost just sort of like a means to an end. And that does not serve you well in the long run. Um, I think further, you really want to reinforce what got you to the achievement in the first place. And so if you don't celebrate it, you don't call it out, then it just kind of goes by unnoticed and you don't really um, ever make a point to affirm the things that were the accomplishments or the the steps or behaviors or whatever that got you there. So I think that's really, really critically important. Yeah. What you don't want to have happen is that the kind of wins become sort of commonplace yeah. and it's, you know, there's no energy. Like around it's just anymore. expected. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, reflecting my own psyche, why am I so reluctant to do this? And I think a lot of it is, you know, being in a corporate environment where you're constantly thinking about costs and you're thinking about time efficiency, celebration takes time, you know, time when you could be working and it uh, costs money, time that you could, or money that you could be investing in projects and and all the rest. And I think we have to overcome that and we have to begin to think of it as an investment, an investment in something really, really important. Well, the other thing is too... Uh, it makes your life fun and it makes your corporate culture fun. And that's a huge part of job satisfaction for your team. So true. That if you if you don't build in those moments of celebration and fun and joy, then it just becomes drudgery. And that's not good for your retention either. No, I agree. So let's talk about the who of celebration. It's the leader who celebrates the team. It's mm-hmm. important to get those two things clear. Yes. Who's doing the celebration and who's being celebrated? 
Absolutely. And if you want to have a culture of celebration and appreciation and noticing people in your organization, you have to go first. Nobody is going to do this if you don't kind of get in front of it and, you know, give it your blessing. Even if you have to enlist somebody else for help, you've got to be the one that initiates it. Um, and that's that's kind of part of your role as a leader. Well, and it's easy, and I'll just speak from experience, particularly as an Enneagram 3, the achiever, uh, it's easy to make it all about myself. Yeah. But the truth is, I'm getting all these accolades all the time, whether it's a it's a best-selling book or people yep. complimenting me in an email or on social media. But this is not about you. This is no. an opportunity for the leader to stop looking in the mirror and start looking at his team and reflecting back to them what they've done well and how they've accomplished amazing things too. In some ways, actually, this is just, just occurred to me, celebration is kind of like an act of humility. You know, it's, it is. it's recognizing who had to come together to make the success possible and that you didn't do it all by yourself. You know, there's no way that you could have accomplished this big thing on your own. And to take a minute to realize that it took a whole team and to turn the spotlight on them is very important. Well, even before that, it takes noticing. Yes. Right. And that takes an act of humility. Yes. Just to get kind of outside your own world and notice that, hey, there's real humans out here who are doing really important work that make all this possible. It's kind of like this podcast right now. We've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five people in this room besides the two of us. And in and Winston. And Winston. That's not true. Winston is not here. Winston, that's true. <laughs> okay, we lied. I cannot be a party. Okay, okay. Nick says that we're we're outside of integrity on the Winston comment, so. Yeah, Winston's, he couldn't be with us today. Right, but there's no way that we could do Dog. this podcast without all these people, not to mention the ones that aren't here. So that's a that's an important point. Okay, now for the what of celebration. You know, major achievements, outstanding contributions, serendipitous moments. There's plenty of opportunity for celebration yep. if you just look for it. But these, I, I want to talk just a little bit, Meg, about the what. What are the kinds of things that are worth noting, worth celebrating? Well, first of all, the obvious one is major achievements from the full team. So this would be like achieving um, some kind of a goal around you know, sales or the launch of a new product or new division or something like that. Um, so those are the big ones, and you really can't afford to miss those. But probably of equal importance, if not more importantly, are noticing the contributions from individuals or small teams, the things that are easy to let go um, unnoticed or unappreciated. For example, we did one of our activation workshops, our small coaching groups that we do, um, and our content team did an amazing job pulling together that content and producing the event and also our events team. And I thought to myself when I got home, wow, I'm so grateful for all the people that made this happen. It was an extraordinary event, and it would just be easy to think that thought and then never say anything about right. it. But I, in that moment, I made a conscious decision to make a post to our team and thank them and, and try to acknowledge and celebrate what they'd done because those are the things that can fall through the cracks. And if you miss too many of those as a leader, your people start to feel invisible. Here's the crazy thing about it. I have all those same thoughts as you do. What you're much better at is having, actually giving expression to it. And so I think it, but I don't express it. And thinking it but not expressing it is like not thinking it at all. Right. It Nobody doesn't count. It's in your head. It's like the difference between your intentions and execution. 
Yeah. And if we're not careful, what we do express are the critical things or the corrections or the negative comments. And we forget to celebrate the wins. And that feels really lopsided after a while. Well, it kind of goes back to the the management advice about catching people doing stuff right. Yes. You know, it's easy to catch people doing stuff wrong, but to catch them doing stuff right, you know, you're going to get more of, and I say this all the time, and it's really true in marriage. It's really true in a company. The more of what you notice and affirm, you're going to get more of that. Yes. Um, you know, when I think about the kind of culture that I want us to create in our company, I want it to be one where we are noticing in real time those kind of serendipitous moments of achievement, big and small, in our team. And we say it out loud and we celebrate it. Sometimes, you know, we'll get into this in a minute. There are different ways to celebrate. But the first step of that is just noticing. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. But, you know, my, my theory is that one of the reasons people have affairs is because somebody outside the marriage starts noticing the person yeah. and they're not getting noticed and acknowledged inside the marriage. Yep. So their affection goes where they're being acknowledged. Mm. I think the same thing is true in a company. Yep. You know, people will put up with it if if you've got great pay and and reasonable benefits for a while, but that is not the biggest driver of why people stay in companies or why they're satisfied in their jobs. Yep. You know, a big thing is that they want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. They want to know that their work matters, that they're being valued for their contribution. Absolutely. And as leaders, we can make a difference in that. So I'm thinking that people are wondering, well, how do you do this, right? Like, what are some examples of how do you celebrate people in your organization? If this doesn't come naturally to you, and if it doesn't, you're totally normal. That's really, really common. It's almost like (laughs) you're normal. Uh, It's something that you can develop as a skill. It doesn't have to be a natural ability that you have. Uh, But I think it can start as simply as acknowledging people in writing. So that could look like we use Slack as a a messaging app that we use internally, or it could be email. But, you know, sending a message to someone privately, that could be one thing. It could be sending a note to someone at home. And that gets like extra bonus points when you celebrate someone because then they get to show it to their spouse or their roommates or whoever they live with. And that kind of biggie sizes the impact of that written note. We love to do that. Um, or you can try to be more intentional about doing it in front of other people. And I love to celebrate people in front of others. I do too. That is, that's like the, the ultimate level. So that could be uh, in the context of a team dinner. We will talk about this in a little bit. We have a, um, an event coming up where the leaders of each team are going to acknowledge what their team members have contributed throughout the year. Uh, that's huge because not only do they hear you say it out loud in front of them and they're being celebrated, but their team members get to hear it. And in this case, their spouses as well, because the spouses will be at these dinners. Um, You can also do events. This is where you bake in the fun. And this is something I think both of us are not naturally gifted at, but we think a lot about how to be intentional about it. So like we have to plan the fun, you know? And so that looks like saying after we accomplish this thing or we um, we anticipate a goal being achieved, we're going to schedule a bowling outing or we're going to schedule a dinner out or we're going to go do, you know, the escape game or just something to mark the occasion that is special and fun that gets people laughing and connecting. That's where it starts to feel like a celebration. It could be a party, it could be all kinds of different things. But doing something out of the context of your normal routine or your office is big. Yeah. And the great thing, I I love that you said, you know, that if you're not naturally good at this, you're normal. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm not. We've already talked about that. But the cool thing is you could delegate it to somebody that is. Totally. Thankfully, I have people on my team that are really good at this, that enjoy doing it, that are gifted at it. And so, you know, as a leader, I kind of get the credit for it, for creating the culture 
All I really have to do is fund it. Somebody else will make it happen. Exactly. You know, it reminds me of a question we had back to our activation workshops um, last week. Somebody said, you know, well, how do you celebrate if you're not good at it? Because I just, I really stink at this. And the answer that we gave was you have to schedule it. You know, if you know that on such and such a date, you're going to achieve a goal because there's going to be a big promotion or, or, uh, you know, something like that, you schedule a team dinner following up with that to, to celebrate, or you schedule an outing or you schedule a trip or whatever it is, you can really help yourself by scheduling, then you can delegate the planning to somebody else, but that way you don't accidentally skip it. Excellent. Okay. So Nick, our producer was telling us about this example from the military where they had this, uh, this sort of mandatory fun event that you didn't have a choice over, but it was like forced celebration. (laughs) They called it uh, fundatory, like fun (laughs) plus mandatory, right? And so we've all been to those, those events we're required to go and everybody collectively rolls their eyes. Like Nobody the, wants to go. Like team building. Yes, team quotes. building stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you. This kind of has as its foundation, if this is going to work, that the people in your company enjoy being together. <laughs> yes. And it's something that's authentically fun. And, and you can't put like Michael Scott from the office in charge of these events. Because <laughs> then it's going to be fundatory. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know... <laughs> I'm still stuck, stuck on fundatory. <laughs> it's a totally That's fun a great word. word. I'm going to use that with my kids. <laughs> uh, I think you have to pick things that are truly fun. And you may, if you don't know what those are, <laughs> if you're a little bit of the Michael Scott yourself, then you might need to ask people in your organization. Um, I think you can't make this disguised as team building or, you know, like we're going to go do this fun ropes course that no one really wants to do that's not actually fun. It has to be legitimately fun. And just like we talk about with our our products, everybody's laughing at ropes course because is that not the worst thing? Oh by the my way? gosh! Does anybody like to do a ropes course? Well, I I kind of like it in retro. No. What? You have. Yeah. Uh, it sounds awful. I like it in retrospect. We we did it with our mentoring group one year, yeah. and and a- after you get through it, you kind of look back on it and you go, "Oh, that was, you know, not too bad." Okay, so. <laughs> Which I guess is not a ringing endorsement. Yeah, not. Okay, so, but that's a great point of what I was just thinking. When I'm thinking about like, what's our secret sauce to celebrating well, I think that there is an element of wow that we bake in. So Ooh, we want people good. to be, just like with our products, we want our own people to have surprise, novelty. Delight. S- delight, something that's unexpected in the celebration. And again, if this does not come naturally to you, you might need to pull in your marketing people, like product design, whatever, whatever the people are on your team who are just naturally good at, at this. And, and people that will tell you the truth. And people, people that will say, tell you the truth. Yeah. No, that idea sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if you can bake in the wow and the surprise, which we always do, and um, Susie, you're sitting here and we're going to talk to you in a minute, but remind me to ask you some specific questions about how we're doing that coming up in the next week for us. But that's a huge secret to this going well. When should you celebrate? The answer is soon. You want <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, soon and all and often. You know, you want to celebrate close to the event. If the whole point is to reinforce what has just happened, so that it will will happen again, then you want to make them connected. You know, you don't want to have a big goal that you accomplish, and then six months later you have some kind of team dinner or reward trip or you know outing or what or whatever it may be. You need to connect them. And so soon is the best way to do it. And I would say just to define that, soon is probably within a month at the most. Better better yet, like a week to two weeks. Yeah, because the, the closer proximity you can put the event that you're celebrating and the actual celebration, the more you're going to reinforce it. Yes. 
Yeah. I just thought of another fun story about how um, Joel and I celebrate at home. And what we often do is keep a bottle of champagne in our fridge. And we've gotten a little bit out of the habit of this lately, which is a good reminder that we need to do it again. But just to anticipate that you will have something to celebrate at any time, just serendipitously, mm-hmm. and you have that bottle of champagne to pull out and celebrate together when something cool happens. You know, it could be that you finished a project at work or the kids had, you know, some achievement at school or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but it's just there. So immediately, to our point about timing, you can just go ahead and celebrate right now. What is the difference between a reward and a celebration? I think the thing about a reward is that it it's almost like an entitlement, like I earned this. Where a celebration is unexpected, you know, that people didn't feel like they they earned it, but that it was just a surprise thing that was a wow that was kind of over the top. Yeah. I mean, I think you can reward someone without it being a celebration. You know, it's it's very possible to to give somebody a bonus or, you know, raise. Some, a raise or whatever. And that could be non-celebratory. A, a celebration has a certain energy and emotion and excitement around it and a, a festiveness around it that is what makes it a celebration. And it kind of puts everybody on equal footing, too. You know, there's not like the power differential of a boss and an employee. Like, we're all in it together in this moment of, of celebrating. Although I have seen rewards given in the context of a celebration. Sure. It makes them even more meaningful. Yes. Like I'm taking out somebody, I'm talking about how amazing they are, what they've they've done for the company and whatever. And oh, by the way, we're giving you this bonus check. We're giving you this special trip. We're giving you right. a raise, whatever it is. It contextualizes in a way that makes it more meaningful. But a celebration by definition is an experience. Yeah. And a reward doesn't have to be. So now we want to hear from our good friend, Rabbi Evan Moffick, about the importance of celebration. All we have in this world is time. We can make more money. We can get more things, but we can't make more time. So how do we make time valuable? Through rituals, through celebrations, through shared experiences. When we celebrate, we take normal time, and we turn it into something wonderful. Celebrations make life meaningful. Celebrations make life enriching. So here's what we need to do. We need to consistently and persistently find times to celebrate. We celebrate birthdays. We should celebrate when we complete projects. We should celebrate life moments like graduations, bar mitzvahs, uh, anniversaries, uh, christenings, confirmations, things that matter, we need to celebrate. So how do we find time to celebrate? Well, part of it is we need to be consistent with it. In Judaism, we have the Sabbath. So every Friday night, my family and I, and often friends, we sit down and we talk about what happened during the week. We simply celebrate being together. Sundays can be times of celebration when we celebrate in church or with family and friends. So one key is consistency, finding it every week, every month. The second is to plan them. You know, we often think, oh, we should we should get together and then no one's in charge of doing something so it never happens. Somebody should be in charge of creating celebrations. It could be in a company, in a church, in a community. Somebody should have that responsibility. And if nobody steps up to do it, we should find those moments to celebrate. And the third 
way to bring more celebrations into our life is to consistently look for them. Look for reasons to celebrate. It could be a graduation. It could be a first job. It could be a bar mitzvah, a wedding, an anniversary. Look for those causes to celebrate. And if we do that, if we celebrate more, life becomes enriching. Time is our most precious gift. We can't create more of it. We all have it. The way we make it meaningful is through celebrations. It will make us happier people. It will make us more effective workers. It will make us better friends and we'll feel much better and live a more enriching life. All right, so before we continue our conversation on how celebrating with your team fuels momentum, I want to pause for just a minute for you to talk to us about your new book. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. So my new book, Your Best Year Ever, just came out. And sort of the premise of it is this. We all want to live a life that matters and reach our full potential, right? So we often find ourselves, though, overwhelmed by the day-to-day. I mean, that's pretty much everybody's story. It's hard to make progress on these big dreams and goals when you just can't get the daily stuff done. So our biggest goals often get pushed to the back burner and sometimes forgotten. And I want you to know, it doesn't have to be that way. You can focus on your goals and you can reach your potential, even in the midst of a busy life, if you do it in the right way. And that's what I want to talk about for just a minute. My new book, Your Best Year Ever, subtitled, A Five-Step Plan for Achieving Your Most Important Goals. Now, this system is powerful. It's proven. There have been a lot of people that have gone through our goal-setting course, over 32,000 people at this point, but it's also research-driven. If you're ready to make progress professionally, grow financially, improve your health, invest in your relationships, whatever your goals are for the coming year, your best year ever teaches the framework you need for success. And the best part, if you order the book before the end of January, and listen to me, this is important, you'll get hundreds of dollars worth of bonuses for free. You can find out more at yourbestyeareverbook.com. So don't wait. Claim your copy and make 2018 your best year ever. Great. I hope all of you are going to go check that out. Remember, it's yourbestyeareverbook.com, yourbestyeareverbook.com. Now let's dive back into our conversation. All right. So now we've come to the best part of the episode, which is talking about how to celebrate, because this is where a lot of people get hung up. And to talk about this, we have brought in Susie Barber, who's our senior director of operations, my right hand Wonder Woman, as I often call her. She um, is responsible for all of our event production, among many other things. And Susie is awesome at celebrating. And she's responsible for the upcoming event. We have our uh, team trip that we're going to be taking up to a resort in East Tennessee next week where we're going to be celebrating our team for four days. And this has been in the works for a long time. So yeah, it has. Ta- yeah. I'm ready. She's like sweating <laughs> right now thinking about it. When do we get been- to that celebration part? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Most excited. Making. I'm really excited. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about how you think about celebrating in the context of an event like this. What's going to make it wow for our people? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first of all, I just want to say that you guys are epic at this. So for everybody who's listening, these are the people that you want to listen to when it comes to celebrating. So so I was just telling them the other day, I'm still blown away by what we do for our team. And some of my best memories in my entire life have been on our team trips the last few years. So I have taken two cruises with my husband, without my kids, (laughs) with this company and had some incredible memories. And then we're going away next week to a luxury mountain resort all together and it's going to be amazing so thank you guys for celebrating us i know our team feels celebrated and i feel celebrated and so worth it uh, thank you i appreciate that it's amazing so um yeah when we're talking about creating a wow experience the very very first thing that we like to do um is we kind of like to cast the vision for what do we want to feel at the end of our experience whether it's a dinner whether it's a party whether it's a trip what do we want to feel at the very end of the experience and sometimes we'll even write that out. Usually um, we do. Actually. Yeah, we usually do. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask you guys to um, share your vision, answer a few questions about how that would feel. And that helps us start kind of where are we going to create the wow and where's that experience going to come in. So I know we don't probably have that handy right here, but let's just talk about how do we want people to leave our annual team re- retreat this next week? Like one of the things I thought about, everybody's been pushing so hard. I want them to feel rested. In other words, I don't want to plan so much activity that everybody leaves exhausted. Absolutely. And that's one of the really cool things that we've crafted in this trip is that there's a ton of white space intentionally. And we did that on our cruises as well. Yes. Um, and that's really kind of where a lot of the fun comes in. I think sometimes when people plan events, they over plan. Mm-hmm. And so you'll go to these retreats and things like that. And you're doing ropes courses or <laughs> boring <laughs> or, and every minute is planned. Every minute is scheduled. You don't have time to form natural relationships or hang out with people that you naturally connect with. And that's not fun. And so when you leave a lot of white space and just a few really intentional, amazing times where people are together, then in the white space, that's actually where memories are created, where people are um, having time to rejuvenate and all that. So we have a lot of intentional white space at our retreats. Okay. So here's another emotion I want people to feel when they leave is gratitude. Mm. You know, grateful that they get to work with such amazing people because they've had a chance to interact with them. You know, it goes back to that white space thing, but also just, you know, grateful for the experience you know, what What I do think we're good at and what we intentionally try to be good at is creating experiences. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking through all the details of that experience. You know, what are, the, what are the little details? We've said this on the show before, but Oprah says love is in the details. Mm. So what are the details that are going to make them feel gratitude that this was an awesome experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, starting with generosity usually will help inform gratitude. And I love that you guys are so generous and really invest in these opportunities in our team from the very beginning. So um, one of the ways that we kind of have blown people away is that we invite their spouses and we completely cover the cost of that for their spouses to come on our trips, our retrieves, big dinners. Um, And then we get into the details after we're kind of generous with the big things. So not only are we providing this trip and this incredible opportunity, we are covering all of that for you and just want to honor you and spend time with you and connect, then we get into the details. We might be ordering um, like branded items and leaving them in their room. It might be a handwritten note from you guys when they arrive. Um, It might be a toast at dinner or just little surprises here and there. And that's Mm -hmm. that love in the details is where it comes in. That's where I think the wow comes in. It does. It's always exceeding people's expectations. Mm -hmm. So the more you can articulate what the expectation is or understand that, Mm -hmm. then you can think, okay, how can we go above and beyond that and create surprise and delight? Yeah. 
So I just had a thought as we were talking about this. This this, uh, event that we're about to do is kind of like the be-all, end-all of celebration. It's a big financial investment for us. Sure. It's, um, you know, the biggest thing we've ever done by far. There are probably people listening there thinking, well, that's great for Michael Hyatt and company, you know, because they can afford to do this. But I'm a solopreneur or I just have one or two employees or I'm, you know, the manager of a team or director of a team. How do you do this on a budget? So let's talk about ways that you bake in celebration that don't actually require financial investment but are nevertheless very meaningful and that we're even doing in this event itself. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things specifically that we're doing is we've allocated one night for our departments to go to dinner on their own in smaller groups. And at that, at those dinners, we've asked the leaders of the departments to be prepared to fully um, share in front of our team members and their spouses what each team member has contributed uniquely to the success of our previous year. Mm-hmm. And just really to honor their contribution and celebrate them um, in an intimate form and just really share those words of gratitude. And so I think... Um, never underestimate the power of words. I love, that's something you're really great at, Megan and Michael, you too, just stopping and whether it's a quick message in Slack or whether it's public and really just sharing your heart and expressing gratitude on a regular basis and acknowledging the accomplishment, celebrating that accomplishment. So I think that's good. We've done also smaller things that are a smaller level investment. Um, In our recent launches of Best Year Ever, we had an influx of new customers and our customer experience team, well, that's a great problem to have, was hustling Mm -hmm. to keep up with all the tickets and um, they're beasts and they're awesome at that and we're so grateful but we knew that they had worked a little more hours and put in a little more time than we typically like and so we celebrate them by sending them for um, manicures and pedicures for a quick day together or we'll sometimes offer people to go grab a massage when we know that they've worked Mm -hmm. hard and so it's kind of combining the reward and the celebration there but there's ways to do it um, that's less expensive than a big trip to the yeah, mountains. It could just be like, hey sure. guys, that was an awesome meeting with that client, proposal with that client. We're going to grab ice cream on the way back to the office. Absolutely. And it just feels serendipitous and spontaneous yeah. and fun and, and celebratory. And never underestimate the power of getting out of the office and taking your team to lunch yes. or going to dinner. I mean, it's just... Go to a movie. Yeah, Go to a movie. Have fun. people over to your house for yeah. dinner or popcorn and milkshakes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be expensive. What it has to be, it has to be intentional. Yes. And and, and it's better if it's a surprise. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. So Susie, in your experience, um, how do leaders make sure that when they're giving praise to their team, they're celebrating their team, that it's not kind of like a subtle or... Um, humble you know, bragging kind of thing. Yeah, humble yeah. bragging kind of thing where really what they're doing is looking to ultimately bring that celebration and praise back to themselves, but they're truly authentically focused on celebrating their team. Yeah, I think the first thing I would say about that is people want to follow a great leader and mm-hmm. a good leader. So I would say you can't get hung up on that about, you know, am I am I doing too much? Am I being too generous with this? And and don't get hung up on that. You, you're never going to go wrong investing in your team, loving on them, celebrating them. So, so be generous and go all in. Um, but definitely make the conversations not about you. That, mm-hmm. That's really important. And talk about what the team has contributed collectively. Celebrate individual um, accomplishments. Accomplishments, like we've talked about the dinner that we scheduled, just kind of bringing the teams together, allow for small group celebration, and really just make it about other people, about your team, and not so much about what what they've enabled you to do, but what all of you have done together. Yes, that's a great distinction. I, I think one, one subtle way we, we do this at these bigger celebrations is in really engineering the table conversations. Yeah. So it's not just about the loudest leader who's comfortable talking you know, in public. 
who dominates the table conversation. Mm -hmm. But really, we put those leaders in charge of asking questions. Yes. So it doesn't become about them. Yeah. And and we observe this thing that we talk about called the one conversation rule, Mm -hmm. so that there's one person talking at a time, and it's usually the leader, his role or her role is to ask the question and facilitate the conversation. I think the truth is, as a leader, you really forfeit um, the the right or the um, expectation that your team is going to affirm you. You, right. That that needs to happen elsewhere. You're probably getting that publicly or in other ways. Therapist. Your therapist maybe <laughs> might be important. Um, but that's not the job of your team to yeah. make you feel good about your accomplishment. Your job as a leader is to celebrate the accomplishment of your team and draw the best out of them. It's all about them. It's just not about you. You have to get that need met elsewhere. Amen to that. Yeah. And I would say, too, one of the things that I think contributes to to this is is as a leader, you don't ever want to come across as being kind of like not genuine Mm-mm. in what you're talking about. So that's something that we're also really intentional about is we're going and we're looking and celebrating a whole previous year, right? And even in our most successful years, there's moments in a year that are hard where we mm-hmm. maybe didn't hit a goal yep. or we didn't achieve what we wanted to. Yep. And so even if we've knocked it out of the park 99%. There's still things that we could have done better. And I think when you're a team of high achievers and your leadership is high achievers and you're so achievement oriented, you're so hard on yourself about those things that you didn't hit and the mm-hmm. things that you didn't get right that you forget to celebrate all the rest. And so That's a I, really good point. It's really, really good. great. So the point, one of the great things that comes from these trips is that if you're internalizing and you kind of have this narrative that this was a hard year because of one or two things, when you get together and you start to celebrate everything that we've accomplishment accomplished together, you really start to see, wow, this was an incredible year. And mm-hmm. it sets you up um, just confidence. in a place of gratitude and confidence for the coming yeah, year. Yeah, that's a great important. point. Wow, this has been a great conversation today. I love that we've gotten to talk uh, with Susie in addition to just between the two of us about the who, what, when, where, why, and how, most importantly, of celebrating. And I hope that we've inspired our listeners to really put this into practice in their own companies, their own departments, um, their own lives. So, Dad, do you have any final thoughts today? Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking that um, celebration really gives you an opportunity as a team to be even more committed to one another. Mm Mm-hmm. And more connected to one another. Yep. And committed to the cause, committed to what you're you're trying to create in the world, uh, connected to your teammates. And it really, honestly, it makes work meaningful. You know, without this, you know, it just becomes a, a way to provide for your family or whatever. But this, this is important work that all the people listening are doing, that we're doing, and celebration reinforces that. As we close, I want to thank our sponsor, Leaderbox. It provides automated personal development in a box. Check it out at leaderbox.com. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, you can get the show notes and a full transcript online at lead2.win. Thanks again for joining us on Lead to Win. If you like the show, don't keep it to yourself. Please tell your friends and colleagues about it. And also, please, please leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This program is copyrighted by Michael Hyatt and Company, all rights reserved. Our producer is Nick Jaworski. Our writers are Joel Miller, Maddie Raviccio, Jeremy Lott, and Lawrence Wilson. Our recording engineer is Mike Boyer. Our production assistants are Mike Burns and Alicia Curry. Our intern is Winston. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Until then, lead to win. And the temperature dropped to minus 250, minus 250.
Sifty. <laughs> it's a new measurement. <laughs> and I, I think I, the thing, uh, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> what I think of as a leader that I want to foster. That was the sound of thinking, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the great. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that'll end <laughs> up. <laughs> we invite you guys to join us for our next episode where we'll be discussing next week's topic. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs>